0: Hello and welcome to the Interactive Investor podcast where we discuss matters of investment interest. I'm Richard Hunter, Head of Markets of Interactive Investor and in this episode I'm delighted to be joined by Kyle Caldwell, the Deputy Editor of our sister magazine Money Observer and Dmitry Lipsky, Interactive Investor, Investment analyst what we're going to be looking at today is some of the uh, big news in the world so world of investment funds over the last past couple of weeks and indeed over the last quarter so Kyle it seems to be um, quite difficult to be discussing funds at the moment without the mention of a certain Neil Woodford being there or thereabouts in the headlines what's the latest on that one
1: well yeah you're right Richard um, unless you've been living under a rock for the last uh, six eight weeks um, you'll know what to be you know even even if you've not got that much interest in the world of investments i mean my my mum, for instance even she now has heard of neil wolford because it's been completely in the headlines um since the start of june when he decided to um block investors from accessing their money in his flagship, uh, Wolfford Equity Income Fund. Just a quick uh, background, the reason why he chose to do this, he had a sustained period of investors withdrawing their money because his performance wasn't up to scratch. And added to that, he also had a number of illiquid investments, unquoted stocks that are not listed on the main market. And these are very difficult to sell ordinarily, But even more so when you're getting a lot of investor withdrawals. So um, to give himself the time and space, in his words, some breathing room, he's, uh, he decided to close the fund, um, to suspend the fund. And the latest on it is that um, the fund is still, is still suspended. Its suspension gets reviewed every 28 days. The next one will be the end of July. And he has not currently put a time limit on how long he expects the fund to be.
0: And Presumably because they're so liquid, those 28 days could start to stack up a bit.
1: I think so yeah, I mean it is complete guesswork trying to work out how long the fund will be suspended for but I mean it's looking like it'll be at least another couple of months Um, so if, if if you're an investor that is unfortunately in that suspended fund I wouldn't expect it to open any time soon. Yes,
0: yeah, so it's very much a question of uh, keeping uh, an ear to the ground to see what developments come along. No doubt, we'll be just discussing this uh, another point as well. So, presumably, that that kind of the kind of thing we've seen with Woodford, and indeed. With some property funds a few years ago, is that implications in other parts of the industry?
1: At Pretty much the same time that uh, Wolford suspended his fund, the Investment Association, which is the trade body for the fund management industry, came up with a proposal for a new type of fund structure called a long-term asset fund. The basic principle of this is that it will basically it will it will facilitate investments in illiquid assets such as unquoted stock, property, as you alluded to private equity, private debt. And the thinking behind this is, is that the funds will be open um, and allow people to invest in it, but it will limit withdrawals. So maybe you can only sell on a weekly or monthly basis. So, I mean, personally, I think, it's a, I think it's a good idea, but I think it's a bit of a halfway house in between what an open-ended fund is at the moment and what an investment trust is. And I think if you... Do want to ensure that you can have access to your money, and um, the investment stru- trust structure is better because there's a fixed pool of assets. The fund manager does not ha- is not influenced by how much money's coming into the fund, how much money's coming out. They can just get on with their job. Um, so I-, I do think the investment st- trust structure is still a better one.
0: And of course when we hear the outcome of the uh, Financial Conduct Authority's findings it may well be that uh, there is some more, rather more radical change along the lines that you mentioned that uh, certain illiquid assets should really only be in investment trusts.
1: Exactly. Even the Bank of England are been getting involved. Um, this is how high-profile this news story has been in the funds world, um, and they've kind of pointed the finger at um, high-yield bond funds and emerging market bond funds, because um, obviously if if there was a scenario where a lot of investors withdrew, these those assets are very illiquid as well, and so... Yeah, there's question marks also over those types of funds.
0: And ending for now on a brighter note, uh, apparently we're going to be paying rather less for some of our funds.
1: Well, yes and no. Um, so two of the biggest fund management firms, um, M&G and Vanguard, um, have both in recent weeks announced um, some fee reductions to their active funds. While welcomed, obviously, as a, as a journalist, I, I want to see you know funds be competitively priced but I think the problem the problem is is that most funds across the across the industry funds pretty much charge the same amount being there's been murmurs of you know competition potentially breaking out in recent years but this has not happened and for what it's worth the the reason why I don't think a price will will actually pay out is because it's all down to investor inertia there are billions of pounds unfortunately invested in substandard active funds and those investors that have put their money in those funds, they're not they're not very active themselves, so they're not going to move the money. And from a chief executive's point of view, of a fund management firm, if there's 300 million in a fund with you know so-called sticky assets, um, with investors that are not very engaged, then from their perspective, are they really going to cut the, cut the cost of the fund? I don't think so, I'm afraid.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. And obviously, another one that we can uh, very much keep an eye on in in the uh, in the months to follow uh, throughout the rest of uh, 2019. That's terrific, thanks very much indeed, Kyle. Um, Moving on now, Dimitri, we've just been hearing from Kyle about a few of the things that's been going in, uh, going on in the investment fund space over the last couple of weeks. Now, looking back maybe a bit further over the last quarter or so, uh, gonna be asking you about the Interactive Investor Super 60, and perhaps to start with, you could just remind us what the Super 60 is.
2: Uh, Yes, sure, Richard. Uh, Super 60 funds are designed to be suitable for all investors respective of experience. And our objective is to provide sort of a menu of high quality choices among the available investment across broad variety of markets and investment types. So unlike most rated lists, which include only actively managed funds, our list include both active and passive options. It also looks at the whole spectrum of collective investments, including funds, investment trust, and uh, ETFs. So the funds are selected by our investment analysts who continuously interact with fund managers, monitor the performance, and look out for the red, well, so-called red flags, events That's, uh, for example, fund manager changes or soft closures of the funds.
0: So how did the Super 60 perform in the three months leading up to the end of June?
2: So the, the list was launched at the beginning of, the, uh, of, of this year and well I, I'm I'm pleased to say that the funds continue to perform in line with expectations in absolute and relative terms. So performance over the longer term is very strong. All funds delivered positive returns year to date. So around 87% of funds are in the first and second quartile against their peers over three years and almost 90% over five years. Uh, for active uh, funds on our list, so 70% of them outperform their benchmark over three and 76% over five years. So, this is really pleasing uh, results for the list given the challenging uh, market environment we are in. Uh, what concerns the quarterly? Um, Performance. Uh, So we know that this quarter was very uh, positive for both uh, equities and bonds, and they um, delivered uh, good returns. Uh, And this is mainly on the back of easing monetary policy from central banks and hopes of progress in trade tensions uh, between the US and China. So on, on the back of this strong performance and um, so the top uh, performing fund on the list was Man GLG continental european growth and it was up 12.4 percent that's impressive followed by the ishares physical gold etf which was up 11.3 percent which was the lowest retaining fund in q1 uh, that's 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 very interesting and another top performing fund was the crux european special seed fund was uh, was up ten, over 10%. And moving to the lowest return in funds, I think that's uh, even more interesting picture here. So while Fidelity China uh, Special Situation Trust was the best performing fund last quarter, it was hit badly in this quarter as a uh, Chinese equity suffered due, cons- due to um, geopolitical concerns. Again, this is U- US-China trade, e- trade negotiations. Other lowest retaining funds over the quarter were Schroder Income and Bailey Gifford Shin Nippon. Again, interesting, the Bailey Gifford fund was the top performer uh, over five years on the list. And it's with, uh, with impressive uh, 23.3% annualized return. Other funds which posted strong performance over five years also include Leg Mason, uh, Japan Equity, Fundsmith Equity, and Scottish Mortgage.
0: Okay, Well, we're often talking about the uh, long-term nature of investment, so presumably we shouldn't set too much store by what's happened over a three-month period.
2: Yes, uh, absolutely. So I think um, it's very important to note here is that looking at performance numbers over one quarter is really just a snapshot, it's just an update for investors. Uh, what happened over the quarter and how the fund performed. It's essential to consider these figures in the context of investing with long-term goals in mind. So active managers adopting a high conviction, long-term approach are expected to experience short-term fluctuations in performance. And most of these managers, however, have demonstrated strong long-term outperformance against their peers and respective benchmarks. So more specifically unconstrained and concentrated fund returns can deviate significantly from the index and peers especially over the shorter time frame and i think the good example of 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 such a strategy is the Bailey Gifford Shinnipon again it was the lowest returning fund over the quarter but it's not cause for concern because over the 5 years it's been the best performing uh, fund fund on on our list and the same applies for the funds with the bias to the smaller companies who can uh, be highly volatile again over the shorter term. So uh, on, on our list, we have a template and emerging market smaller companies and Amity UK smaller companies. I think if, if we see that this funds uh, has been um, underperforming over months or quarter, again, it wouldn't, immediate, it wouldn't be immediate cause for concerns for us okay so we have to uh, focus on a long longer term numbers. Another important point uh, uh, here is that Uh, Quality growth strategies have performed very strongly over the recent years and are largely benefiting from the style tailwind. So again, the growth has been outperforming value for over uh, uh, many years and some of the managers benefiting significantly uh, from from this tailwind. I think the good example is a Linsultrain UK equity fund. Okay, so this is also one example where investors should pay attention to. Okay, in contrast, value investing has been out of favor, and uh, uh, which has presented a significant headwind for value buy strategies. And uh, I think uh, uh, one example on our list is Artemis Global Growth Fund. Again, if you, if you compare this fund to other fund funds uh, in the sector, global sector, uh, they the performance uh, numbers may look uh, different, okay. But uh, again, we need to investigate and see as as to why. And given the, the manager uh, tilt to to towards the value stocks, it's it's explained why the performance hasn't been that impressive compared to the growth tilted uh, managers.
0: So finally, Dimitri with those performances in mind, set against. Uh, our own objectives, have we actually needed to make any changes to the list over the quarter in question?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm very pleased to confirm that, that there were no changes to the list this quarter and year to date.
0: Well, thanks very much indeed to Kyle and to Dimitri and thank you for listening. Do join us next time for another Interactive Investor Podcast.